Hey, this is John Baisley from Baroness. And you're listening to Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare on Rock 94.7. John Baisley, I'm Terry Stevens, and it is my absolute pleasure to have you on the show, man. How the hell are you today? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Dude, I'm great. I'm a, I'm a Baroness fan, and I'm talking to the mastermind behind it. I'm going to mark out for just a bit, if you don't mind. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to be a bit of a fangirl here. This is pretty exciting. No worries. Go for it. Awesome. Yes, I'm talking to John Baisley of ba- Baroness. This is what I got into doing radio for a living, to talk to people <laughs> whose art I admire. And, dude, you were one hell of an artist. It's a, it's a thrill to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank it, you. It took a hell of a road, though, for this to happen, man. You, you've had one. You, you, you've had some interesting times lately. Uh, yeah, that's that would be one way of putting it. <laughs> but you know what, man? Um, Purple, <laughs> one of my top records, one of my top picks for uh, 2015. And, and you made James Hetfield of Metallica's top 10 things of 2015 list. Hetfield, a guy who actually called you while you were in the hospital recovering. I mean, were, were you like a Metallica fan as a kid? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think everybody was, weren't they? Well, all the cool it's kids were. <laughs> And I'm talking about the cool kids, not the gym, not the jocks who got into it when Sandman came out, damn it. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, like, how huge of a moment was that for, like, 13, 14-year-old you when you, when you got on tour with Metallica? Uh, that, that, was a, that was an enormous moment for 13 or 14-year-old me. Uh, yeah, for sure, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it, if that kind of thing doesn't blow your hair back and, uh, you know, if, if, that, if that kind of thing is not exciting, then, then what, why are you doing this in the first place, you know? So all that quality time you got to spend with the band, you and Hetfield are obviously close. The man called you while you were recovering from that horrific bus crash. While you had him on the phone, did you get his blessing to eventually release a black album? Because they kind of have a claim on that. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they do have a claim on that. And that, that would uh, that would definitely prevent us from even considering that as a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> but if you got his blessing, I mean, you might get away with it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, I th- I think that, that I think that and and you know being doing a white album those, those are kind of those, at this point those are those are sacrosanct things you can't you can't really touch those. Well, uh, I guess I guess Jay Z did, but but yeah, I'm not trying I'm not trying to do that. Yeah, yeah, good good call, good call. Now, Purple uh, it made a ton in in addition to James Hetfield's list, it made a ton of other you know best album of 2015 list. How much attention do you pay to that sort of thing? Um, not not much. I mean, it, it's. It's it's really nice when it's really nice when you get, though you know you know when you make it on those lists. Uh, we knew we were kind of shooting ourselves in the foot with this record anyway. As as far as you know, making lists, our album came out in December. So at the time when we were sending out you know promo copies to most people, the lists had already been done anyway. So I, you know I'm actually pretty stoked that we got on any of them at all because. Like I said, by and large, most of those lists had been established and printed by the time by the time you know the journalists or or whomever uh, were here were, were hearing our record. Well, they got um, they so, got vacation days. So they got to burn before the end of the year, or they lose them. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so so it, was, it was it was a little you know for us it was a little risky to release at that time, but um, you know also, also pretty cool to see that. That, that there were some publications, there were some, there were some people who, who, you know, who didn't care about the, the timing or anything like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I, I'm, I'm more impressed when we're on our, you know, when we're, when we make somebody's, somebody personal's, uh, you know, end of the year list. And it's, 
there's no uh, there's not as much journalism involved in that. Uh, you know that 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 just boils down to a matter of taste. I uh, I don't do much in the way of journalism at all, and I also procrastinate quite a bit. I wait until the last possible minute to do my list. So you guys made mine. You're good to go there. So awesome, awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> you, you have my sloth and lack of professionalism to thank. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Now, John, going through the lyrics to "Chlorine and Wine" and "Desperation Burns," I mean, it, it's easy to see how the events and, and the recovery from from that crash informed the new record. Do you? find yourself reliving some of those moments when you're performing those songs? No. Uh, sort of oddly, that's when I don't relive it. Uh, you know, the rest, the rest of the rest of the day is spent, you know, at least considering some of the after effects of that. Uh, but I know that when we're on tour, I've got, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, at least uh, a night where that's not really, at the front of my mind. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what's been wonderfully therapeutic about, uh, about, you know, about having music, uh, as an outlet for, uh, you know, the effects of that, that accident. Now you guys have not chased mainstream success by any, by any stretch. You guys haven't put together that three and a half minute snappy radio single or anything like that. You guys just play Baroness music, but yet you find yourself on the radio anyway, March to the sea, take my bones away. Now shock me. They're getting play on mainstream stations. It, it, how how is your mind? How are you wrapping your mind around that? Because you're you're a decidedly non-commercial guy. You don't you don't do commission work. You 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 don't get work from like Wizards of the Coast to draw a magic card or anything like that. You don't work that way. Although I have to say, as a magic player, please do magic card at least once. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've got a good, good friend who uh, who does do this. Um, no, it, it, it you know it's 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 weird. I've, I mean, honestly, if, if I had a if I had a very concrete feeling about it, I, I'd tell you. But but you know, we've never. It's certainly not the world that I ever thought I'd be part of. But I'm also not. You know, I'm not like some '90s stick in the mud uh, kind of dude who, who thinks that you know that, that there's it's it, it's uh, something you've got to avoid at the same time. Um, you know, we, we want people to listen to our music uh, and. However, people discover it. That is, uh, you know, an acceptable. That's an acceptable means by me. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a radio listener. I, I digest and uh, discover music however I can. So, I, I, I think it's cool. You know, I've got, I got a couple of phone calls last week. People, uh, you know, friends of mine who were surprised to hear <laughs> hear our song on the radio, and I was like, yeah, I mean, that makes two of us. You know. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what to think. I, I, I do think it's cool, though. I mean, it's just something. It's it's one of those unexpected things that's that's happened to us over the years. And um, when those things happen, I just you know I just like to kind of sit back and and enjoy it and see see what happens. I gotta say, there's nothing better than driving down the road, radio full blast, and yelling "shock me" at the top of my freaking lungs. That's a that that's a good time for a sing along, man. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, and that's, that is definitely a sing-alongable song. Now, tell me a bit about, because, like, your your art, it's uh, your visual art is stunning. I mean, you, you do all the album covers for Baroness and for a bunch of uh, our other favorite bands, too, Cabalertac and, uh, and uh, Skeleton Witch. You've done work for Metallica. So, I mean, like, and, and again, Baroness is not the most conventional band in the world. You're not the most conventional dude, so... You grew up in kind of a southern rural area. What was it like growing up being kind of an unconventional dude? I grew up in Lexington, Virginia, in Rockbridge County, 
which is in southwestern Virginia. You know, the musical taste in in that town at the time when uh, you know I was young and impressionable wasn't wasn't for me. Uh, I didn't have an interest in you know the jam bands that were big at the time. I didn't really, I didn't at that point have any real appreciation for country music. uh, especially, especially not, and still to this day, not not really for pop, for pop country at all. Um, so I was at a bit of a loss. Uh, I discovered punk rock, and it, you know nothing was ever the same after that. Um, and to a certain extent, that's that's really you know that's really helped guide uh, you know the way we the way we go we've gone about things and uh, the, the way we uh, you know the way we carry ourselves and and you know, act as, as a, as a band and as a business and the way we treat our crew and our, you know, the people that work with us and everything like that. It's, uh, it's not, we're not looking for some gigantically, uh, financially successful, uh, end goal. We're trying to self-sustain as a band in 2016. It's difficult. Um, as, as anybody would tell you. Uh, so you, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you just write the best music you possibly can, uh, Try to make sure that it, you know, we try to make sure that it, that it, it is our music, you know, intrinsically our music. And if we like it, then by extension, we assume our fans will like it. And uh, if we put everything we've got into what we do, then, you know, the sense of satisfaction, the sense of uh, success uh, is achieved before the record's even out. And, you know, as, as long as that's the case, then... I, you know, I know we're doing the right thing. We get, you know, like I say, I consider us, I consider us a very fortunate band in that we have a fan base and people continue to listen to us regardless of, you know, what the trend is this year or next year. Uh, we, we love what we do. We don't pay attention to fads, trends, genres, rules, or anything like that. We just write what we want to hear and play it. Are you familiar with a guy by the name of Simon Sinek? No, I don't think okay. so. He's a he. Uh, he's a, one of those TED Talk guys. He has this incredible speech. Oh, okay, though. Yeah. He has this incredible speech called "Start with Why," and his whole take is people don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. And I think you just told us why you do it, man. I think that's why people buy into Baroness. Well, and, and like that's that's another pretty critical uh, um, attitude that we have, uh, which is that. We have to. We we are we we have an obligation to our you know maybe 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 only to ourselves but we do have an obligation to ask ourselves why we do this uh, why uh, you know grown men in there uh, you know who've been playing music for such a long time toured the world over uh, you know many times continue to do this and if we can't come up with a satisfactory constructive and creative answer to that question then there there really is no reason to do this. Uh, you know, we, we do enjoy the adventure. We do enjoy the, you know, the, you know, moving around the country, uh, and the world and meeting new people and, uh, you know, seeing new things, getting involved in new activities, every single tour. That's part of why we do it. You know, but the other thing, the other thing is we need to be creatively satisfied. And in order to be creative, creatively satisfied, we have to ignore to a certain extent what's going on around us, uh, so that we don't fall prey to the, trappings of now, meaning whatever is popular in 2016, whether or not we're part of it is immaterial because we, you know, we have written music that we believe in. And if it sounds dated, if it sounds futuristic, if it sounds modern, if it sounds simple, complicated, 
it, none of that really matters. It, it, it's you know it is what we put into it, and if if we you know if we really believe what we're doing, and if we believe in what we're doing, then we're going to do it the right way. And I, I think that doubling down on that mentality has probably gotten us, uh, you know, wherever we are today. Your passion for this band, it's clear as day. Um, I read an interview with you with Revolver where where you were talking about the crash and you had said that you saw the nothingness that you're now convinced exists beyond death. Having gained that new perspective, how much has your perspective on life changed, especially when it comes to your art? That, that, actually, was a, that was actually a belief that I had prior to the accident. And if, if if I took away if I took away anything from uh, from that particular moment of my life, which was you know definitely a big one, um, it was that many of the thoughts that I had prior to that moment were reaffirmed and proven in the way that experience proves things to you. So I felt you know, and this is this is why we felt confident getting back into the band and starting to write a new record was because we, we walked away from, we walked away from that accident, uh, without a sense of, you know, an overwhelming sense of loss or burden or despair. We walked away from that accident saying we, we, we simply have to turn this into something good or else the entire thing was for nothing. Um, and that informed and guided us, through the through the you know through the writing of this record, even though we didn't really articulate it that way or really understand it that way, um, you know it was, it was it was a big part of it for Pete and I because he Pete and myself are the two remaining band members who were involved in that. Then there's also two new band members who were not involved in that, so we didn't have to focus on it. Uh, well, we realized it was you know it was informed by it and guided by it. It wasn't. It also wasn't the focus. So, you know, it was, it's more it's more about being realistic, you know. Uh, you know, notice the radio, so I can't really uh, say it the way that I normally do, but, you know. <laughs> we're, we're recording, that, so I can, I have, I can yeah. work with the delay here and bleep things well, if need be. So. What I'm, <laughs> but, but the point is, you know, bad, bad things happen. Uh, we're, we're not unique in that, in, that, in that something bad happened to us. That only, that only you know, it, it just proves a point that it, it, it's, you know, something's going to happen to everybody. Uh, on a major or minor scale, eh, doesn't it does it, that doesn't matter? Uh, but we all, go, we all we're all going to go through something traumatic and, and intense in our lives, and it's not whether or not that happens because I, I do believe that it will happen. It's the poise or the grace or the dignity or the conviction with which we walk through that and uh, come out the other side. And I hope that we are, you know, getting to the other side of this. Uh, in a way that that, that that suits us because we don't, you know, at the same time as we don't want to ignore it and, you know, build up all kinds of weird resentments and traumas and things like that. We don't want to, um, we don't want to capitalize in on it. We don't want to, you know, we, we don't want to, we don't want to market our own, uh, you know, our own experience as, as, you know, something that's, that's profitable. It's just, it's just something that happened and it, it provided a very good jumping off point for, for us as a band to, you know, to move move along and get somewhere different musically and continue to tour uh, and find a new level of enthusiasm and everything like that. 
Looking at the future of Baroness, the final track on Purple, Crossroads of Infinity, there's that spoken word piece, I've done it, I'm drifting into a world of limitless dimensions. Is this a clue for the next album? No, not, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it ultimately serves that, but it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't meant like that. Uh, it, that was a, that was a reference to a line from a, from a, um, I don't know how much of this I want to give away. It's a <laughs> reference to it's a reference to something uh, that was probably only poignant to me uh, at the time when when I heard it. Um, but it served as a it, that's a that's a little reminder at the end of the record for me about you know really what the what the album is about. Um, and it, it's a pretty obscure story, so I don't. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I, a lot of time doing it. But, no, no worries. Um, no worries. If man. you do a little, if you do a little bit of digging, you'll, you you can figure out where it's from. Um, and next time we can talk about why. Okay, badass. <laughs> man. We will absolutely do that, John. I got one more question before you before yeah, I let sure. you go. Um, your cred is absolutely established, man. And um, I know you guys get categorized in this genre, but it but it's always but you guys have such a different take on it. What is metal to John Baisley? Well, I, honestly, I, I think I think it's a, I think that it is a style of music that that celebrates uh, the unfortunate, and I you know in, in the way that, in the same way that, that the blues could do it. It, it I mean, different for for sure, but I think the one thing that, that draws us together uh, is our misfortune and is our struggle as uh, you know as human beings on this on this planet and i think that metal serves is is a great place to you know uh broadcast your feelings and it's a place, it's a great place to uh find catharsis in very you know in a variety of forms it can be screamed it can be sung it can be gentle it can be incredibly crushing and powerful uh but at the very least it is it's a good style it is an amazing style of music for tapping into raw dense emotions and that's that's that is why we you know that is that is why we're drawn to it because there there's you can celebrate you can uh you know you can be angry you can you can uh well, i mean you can do anything and it's a style of music that that, that very in, in as far as i'm concerned very much uh, appreciates change and adaptation and at the same time, there's, you know, there, there's certainly an orthodox crowd for it, but there's, there, it also moves forward and changes with time. And it's one of the only music styles that's still around and still feels relevant that was around, say, in the late 70s or something like that. Uh, it's changed and it's, it's become something new, but it's, it's, still, it's still there and, and there's still an audience for it. And we still go out and see shows. You know, I still go out and see shows for the same reason I think that people uh, in generations before me went to see shows uh, because we need to get together. We need to gather in one place and just let it all out, you know? Absolutely, man. John, I can't wait to see where Baroness takes us next, man. The new record, Purple, it's freaking phenomenal. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the show. I've been a fan since for freaking ever, and I can't wait to uh, to, to, uh, see you guys live when you hit the road in the States. Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, we'll we'll be we'll be back your way soon. I'm sure.